Good evening, mighty listeners. There's been a bit of a delay, hasn't there, Ben? There has, yeah. Sorry, guys. You became becalmed in the warp around Bobmin, uh, and after a period of time emerged blessed by Nurgle, not unlike the Death Guard. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, something like that. (laughs) It's true, it's true. Okay, so tonight's challenge, okay, is for me not to try and insert clips from the Greatest Showman soundtrack, which is just running through my head um, at random points throughout the podcast. So, Ben, watch out for your editing. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen that. Um, um, you haven't? No. Oh, mate, I know we don't do film reviews, but you have to see it. You have to see it. In fact, you have to go to the cinema and demand that they put it back on because it's been out this for ages and watch it in the cinema. Okay. This is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to uh, Wargaming. Oh, that's what we're here for. So, today we have got the hobby desk. So, we've both been painting. Um, not as much as sometimes in the past. Uh, and I've just been painting red stuff again. So, same old, same old. Ben will put up his yawning stuff. Yawn. Oh, polite like that. Yawn. And um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go into uh, into the Galaxy of War. So nothing's really happened in the Galaxy of War. So that will be a short section, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Um, Mortal Realms. Actually, not a huge amount in the Mortal Realms the last couple of weeks. But we'll certainly find something to uh, bore you with, I'm sure. Um, then we'll go to the community. Uh, and in the community, we will discuss community I lost my flow there Ben no I can tell it's like a balloon yeah. that's been pierced by a pin I don't I, it's because I, it's because I keep looking over and seeing the hell drakes and thinking oh god uh. <laughs> I've still got to bait them so in the community we'll do our normal uh, bit of calendar and some shout outs as well and I want to talk about a new painting competition for the uh, the group and then lastly, it is Middle Earth this week. So there's been some cool new models just come out of left field for Middle Earth. So we'll have a chat about those as well. Yep. Anything else, dude? No, that sounds good. Right, let's crack on then. Guys, you know what to do. Grab some refreshments. Some crisps. <laughs> some crisps. No, some refreshments. <laughs> oh, it might include crisps. Uh, and we will see you on the Hobby Bus. Hi guys, and welcome to the 35th Hobby Desk. Uh, thanks for being patient and waiting an extra week for the podcast, but like Dan said, I've been a bit unwell. I've had a pneumonia, and I'm going to struggle, I think, today. I can already feel it. Um, so if I start coughing, I'm very, very sorry. Especially if you've got your headphones on and it blasts your eardrums out, but we'll try and edit it out if I do. What we um, could so- do... What, what? Oh, off he goes. <coughs> God, oh, Nurgle's touch. <laughs> What we could do um, is actually release the separate recordings of us talking, because then people can just mute you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Don't they? Might be the best way forward. Just, um, in fact, actually, if we just record me, it'd be fine. I think. Yeah. Wouldn't lose too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have the energy to argue with that. <laughs> no, I know, mate. It's unfair, isn't it? It's like kicking a... A Kicking a dog in a bag. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. So, unfortunately, because of that, um, I've also not been all that active on the hobby desk. So, apologies for um, or, or in fact, online. So, um, if our forums and that seemed a little quiet, it's because I have 
been reduced to a coughing, spluttering, shivering heap for two weeks. Um, but cool, hobby desk, we're back on business, and um, I finished my Titans. That was my three weeks worth of achievement, but um, I'm quite proud of that. But I'm quite happy. I've got a whole, I think, what looks like a proper maniple done now. Yeah, I love it. It looks really good. I like the bases. I'm just wild about the bases. I just think they contrast really well with the miniature. Well, I um, I tried something new with that. So I, I quite often, I go for a base because I like the colour or I had a theme in my head and I went for that. This time, I went for the base based on the colour wheel. Mm-hmm. So I took the main primary colours from the Titan, um, and chose the cut the prime, you know, the third, a third dominant colour. So yellow, blue, and then this red was sort of roughly in the middle, the third, third colour. Um, and I think it's worked quite well, actually. Um, and the base is really easy. It's the first time I've used like a lot of weathering powder on the base to get a sort of dusty look. Mm -hmm. And I thought it turned out, I think it turned out all right, actually. Um, quite a lot of challenges with a 8mm base because you can't just stick anything on it. No. It's got to be to scale if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, some new and interesting challenges with that which I was quite um, excited to get my teeth stuck into. Um, unfortunately because I had to do the bases on these quite quickly so they were ready for warm world I didn't get to embellish them all that much but I think that adds to the sort of dusty Martian plains look a little bit to be honest. Yeah. Yeah I agree. I say I like I really like it. So what have you got done now? You've got two reavers? Yeah, two warlords, two reavers, um two warhounds. Uh -huh. I'm very tempted to get that maniple box set. Um where it's effectively the two warhounds for free. Yeah. Um and add a third third one on, but I'm not sure yet. I think I think I might end up Getting the new Warlord, the new Reaver, and another box of Warhounds later on, but that would probably actually, make more sense. I I can't see them releasing another plastic War Warlord, if that makes any sense. Another, I can't see them being any. What a third one! Yeah, mm, I think no. any, I think any more additional weapons now are going to be resin. Yeah, that's my that's my guess. Um, and you're going to have those two options as like your core War Warlord. Um, same with the Reaver. Um, so I think there's time, because I'm quite happy to, you can always batch paint the weapons, if you, you know, they don't take very long, so, no, it's exciting, I'm most excited about the, the knights actually, come to think of it, and I was especially excited when they released a brand new 40k titan, because it sort of expanded what, what we're going to see in that, but that's for, that's for the next section really, I suppose, um, I, I had a bit of a problem, and I, I did want to talk about it, because it was a real bugger, actually. Um, when we went up to Warhammer World, I lost the missile pod on one of my Reavers. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't realise that until I came back. Um, in fact, I didn't realise that until a couple of days after I'd come back, when I got them out to paint. And uh, phoned up Warhammer World, and they had a good old look around and couldn't find it, and it hadn't been handed in. So if someone sat out there with a blue missile pod from a reaver who thought it was fun to just take it away from Warhammer World and not hand it in, then cheers, pal. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. It's, so, it's just so low. Um, but nonetheless, I'd like to give a shout out to the, the uh, Titanicus group because 
having looked around and looking at options, I was going to go for the Bitsbox one. And then I thought, well, why don't I just stick a message on Titanus, Titanicus group, Facebook group. Lo and behold, within 20 minutes, someone had piped up and said, I've got one I'm not using. I'll send it to you for, you know, Fiverr and, and postage. So, you know, it was a big shout out to the community because that's what it's all about, really, helping each other out. And, and likewise, I, if you're listening to this and you're missing a bit and I've got one spare I don't need, just pop it on a hobby forum and uh, and same for cost I'll, I'll work it out for you because it was um with a kit like that it's you don't get multiples no of a lot of it and once it's gone it's gone there's there's no real way to get one back easily and I can't see them releasing missile pods as a resin piece when they're already in the plastic kit so I was really quite gutted um I suppose in time the bits box sites will catch up that they're really quite good at that kind of stuff but um for now they haven't and they still haven't and i can see it from where i've got them on my mantelpiece and i can see it from my chair i can see that my titan doesn't have a flipping missile pod and it drives me mental (laughs) it drives me mental (laughs) i can't explain how irritating it is it is Um, definitely always worth putting posts on facebook for things like that i i've sent loads of bits and bobs off to people randomly just because because they want it and I, I happen to have it. And normally, nine times out of ten, it's small enough, especially if you've got it in component form, to go in a letter size. And yeah, so yeah. it doesn't cost, you know, cost the price of a stamp. Um, yeah. But it means a lot to the person at the other end. So, yeah, I think it's well worth posting up for things like that. Absolutely. So what are you going to do when you recover from your plague? Um... Well, I I spent ages mulling over Space Wolf lists and decided I didn't care. I've never cared. It's not how I play 40k. I wanted an army that looked and felt like I wanted it to feel. And at the moment, I need tanks. Because all of my stuff is infantry. So I'm going to paint probably the um, Stormwolf. Whatever it's called. Yeah. The flying thing. Yep. And um, Redemptor Dreadnought, squad of five Terminators to go with Grimnar. Um, and if I've got any spare points, maybe another vehicle. Um, and I'll do that alongside the Stormwolf. Um, to make, because I think that will make the army look better. Yeah. If that makes. Um, and it's about, I, I think that the army needs armor at the moment. That's what it's missing. Not not necessarily tactically, but certainly aesthetically. Yeah. And that's how I've always played. I want to do a tank. I've wanted to do a Space Wolf tank now for six months. Oh, yeah, um, you've got to have some tanks. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I know that's a complete... Uh, there's probably a load of gamers listening to this going, Oh, what? <laughs> but I don't really care. In-depth um, tactical reviews. Yeah, I, I think... Um, but then that's, having said that, I've got the infantry and the army, and, and what I'm lacking, I feel, when I play is a vehicle of some description, a heavier vehicle, um, that will, you know, stand the test of the game and take the firepower. And, well, are you going to, you just... should get one of the repulsors. I've got a repulsor. Well, there you go then. Um, or you could just wait because some flipping mega doom tank is going to come out soon, I reckon. I've decided. Really? Yeah. What made you decide that? Uh, 
I just have, well, there's some mega dude with doom fists who can't fit in his own Land Raider anymore. So he needs a doom tank to ride around in. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's very true. Yeah. <clears throat> so there we are. <laughs> um, I am tempted by, um, bits of Blackstone Fortress as well. And actually the Rogue Trader Kill Team box. Just some of those individual, like, character models. Because that's, that's what I haven't done in a long time, is sat down and done a character model. Do you know, it's interesting you should mention that, because um, I was discussing that. Who was I talking to that about with? Uh, ben? Other Ben? Possibly? Do you know? Anyway, we were just saying, like, your, your the stuff you paint looks flipping ace, but it'd be really nice to see you take, like, a single model and go and put like the mega time into it again which yeah. i know you can do um r- rather than oh, like working on big batches because you've actually recent in recent times you've been doing like quantity a lot haven't you and don't get well, me I've wrong got so much to so much to do i know you have and don't get me wrong it all looks ace i just reckon it would be nice to see i'd love to see you do janice drake Who's that? Which one's that? Janice Drake. The that's the um, the, yeah, the rogue trader. Yeah, the rogue trader from Blackstone. Yeah, I think you could Might be worth doing. Do a nice job on. Well, it's got all different textures and stuff on it, hasn't it? It um, does. Yeah. So yeah, I think it would be a good one to see. Very good. Yeah, I I think I've been I've always started planning my hobby resolutions for next year, and um, I think the batch painting is really important to me because I want to get through. The backlog, the volume. Um, yeah. Want to get the starters kits done to a decent standard, all, all of those things. And, but actually, I suppose you could say that my mega boss, I did, I sat down and put a bit, a few days into, or a few evenings yeah. into. Um, certainly did with the, the Maul Crusher, but not a huge amount of time. Um, really, pound for pound, little goblin dudes was, you know, the, well, the guy with the fungus hat. Um, well, you have a whole army of them in a minute. Yeah, he's the one I spent the most time on this year. I spent probably 15 hours just on him, and he was quite small. 10 hours, and he was quite small. Hmm. So, um, and that was all at the start of the year, so I, I am missing sitting down and really giving it some beans on a model. But, um, yeah, that's probably what I want to do next. Sit down... With a single model, choose a single model and spend a couple of days doing it. Mm, good. So there we are. So how about you, Mr. Heldrake man? Well, I've been doing Heldrakes. <laughs> so uh, I sat down and spent some time mulling over some chaos lists and um, didn't decide that I didn't care. I decided I needed to get <laughs> some certain units to play with. Well, I want some fast stuff to go off and catch stuff capture objectives and and move around a bit. I always like moving around. I always loved playing with my Eldar back when I used to use my Eldar because you you had options, like speed options to get around the table. Yeah. Um so anyway, I um I decided to build myself a list, two thousand point list. Um much the same vein as for Age of Sigmar we spoke about last time I've got a two thousand point list that I'm happy with and I want to develop how I play with that list now. Um, but it's got the units in I'd like. 
so I decided to do the same thing for 40k. Um, and that included having two Heldrakes. So I had one already that I'd partially built. Uh, so I went and bought another one and built that. And I decided that I had to paint them both at the same time because when I've painted one, I don't think I'll ever want to paint another. Yes. Um, and that is, that is, well, it's surprising actually. A little bit of me is kind of enjoying it. It's weird. I've, um, I sprayed it all Belfazar gold and then washed it and then sprayed it Sycorax bronze, which to be honest, I, I didn't need to wash it. I've, cause I've ended up with a solid coat of Sycorax bronze, which I'm going to, is it Sycorax bronze? Is that the right name for that color? Well, yeah, there is one called Sycorax bronze. Yeah. Well, well, yes, then it is. Um, and I'm going to end up washing it a bit again and going back with a brush just because it's um it's a little bit flat. Um, but I just last night finished blocking in all of the red bits, um, which took flipping ages. <laughs> I spent an entire day on it, yeah, doing two of them. Um, so. Yeah, that's the main thing I've been doing. I did have a small break because da, 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 the transfers came out for Griffonicus. Huzzah! So they arrived, and so I've put them on my Titan. Um, and there, I'm quite pleased with that. I put them on. I've done one of the knee pads. I've put some salamanders transfers on because I think I've said before I wanted to match my guys in with my salamanders. Yeah. For heresy. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll put some markings on to sort of show they've been fighting alongside the salamanders. Uh, I thought that'd be quite cool. So I've done that. I haven't actually, that's all I've done is put the transfers on. I haven't, um, done any of the weathering and stuff yet because I'm, I'm working on this hell, these hell drakes at the moment. Um, but then I was a bit like, I saw some, I, I shared them. Um, on Instagram, I think I did on Facebook as well. Some really, really awesome Mortis. Um, Twitter. You said them on Twitter. Oh, I share them all over the place. I tend to do that. I tend to don't don't do anything for ages, and then just put a load of stuff all over the place. Um, <laughs> they are on Facebook because I'm. I've just seen them, so I'm just looking to see who it was. Um, Dan Wheeler. Dan Wheeler. Yes. Thank you. Right. So Dan Wheeler did it from, again, from the Titanicus group. Awesome looking Mortis engines. And I was like, oh, now I want to do Mortis. They are is. nice. And we did talk about doing two legions. Actually, We did. And that's what I thought. I, I kind of thought, well, I've done three knights and the warlord, which is obviously half the Grandmaster set. So I could just say that's it for my Grandmaster set and then start with doing some Traitor Legions. And then you see what I could do. Because I had a Traitor Titan Legion, I'd need a Traitor Legion, uh, Space Moon Legion. So I'd, I'd obviously have no choice but to do World Eaters <laughs> for uh, Heresy. Um, and then, like... No one saw that coming. No. And snuck, then, like, my... that in from the my, side. Yeah. My fall from... Grace would be complete then, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Her- <clears throat> heresy in every game. 
Um, I did say the other day when I posted a picture of my progress on the Helldrakes on Twitter, I, I believe that painting the Helldrakes is my punishment from the Emperor for my transgressions. Nah. Um. <laughs> Nowhere near bad enough. <clears throat> nah, well, maybe not. If yeah, you, so... If your hand starts to bleed like that punishment quill from Harry Potter... Oh, that, yeah. And it starts writing, I am a heretic, with every brushstroke you take, then that's the Emperor punishing you. Okay. Okay, so, I get a quick hobby product review. I bought the new Citadel water pot, dude. Oh, yeah? In Warhammer World. With all the weird grooves uh, and bubbles and... With all, all the grooves and weirdness on it. Any good? Or is it just a tub? It looks ace. I don't care how it looks, dude. I can buy a mug to make it look good. It does. It Those grooves on the back, you can use them to point your brush. I can use my mouth for that. Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Um, and it's good because on the bottom, it's got like ridges. So especially for dry brushing brushes, it helps with getting the paint off the bristles. But um, Dan Wasley still flipping nearly fell off the chair laughing when he came round the other day and sat down and seen I'd bought one. And he was like, you'd buy anything with Citadel on? And I was like, yeah, I would. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, they're a reasonable price. Fiverr is a reasonable price. Yeah. I got, oh, I liked it. I thought I'd give it a go. I use a, a, a steel, stainless steel, like, I don't know how to describe it, but a pot is probably the best way. And I don't even know what what it is that I got from a, a pound shop in Southampton when I was living there. And um, it, it almost looks like a, a shell casing, like of a big shell. Oh, yeah. um, I, my grandma, I'm sure it was my grandma, my great-grandma, used to have a shell casing to cook in. Um, did she? Yeah, to bake cakes in and stuff. I'm sure she did. Um, but it's um, it looks a lot like that. And I was saying to Joe the other day as I was pouring out a, a batch of water that had been sat in there for a week and a half, that it is made of the most incredible steel because it hasn't rusted and I've abused the hell out of it for well over 10 years. Probably nearly probably 15 years I've been abusing this paint pot. So uh, that's what I use. And it's a nice big one. I like big ones because um, when I use metallics, if you use a little bit of metallic in a in a big pot, it doesn't really pollute the other paints all that much. No. But if you know, remember the little tiny pots that Games Workshop used to have when we were working there, if you used any metallic and put it in there, that that was that was metallic water from that point onwards, really. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I picked up one of those pots recently because um, they're very useful for if you if you want to clean your brushes and you want to suspend them in brush cleaner overnight. Yeah, the old Games Workshop pot is excellent because it's got the things that literally it's got the bits that you put the brushes in and it holds them suspended in the contents. Oh, uh, right. I guess so they don't sell put... that anymore. I don't think they do now. No. Hmm. Um. I'd find that more useful than all the grooves and nooks and bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. But it didn't have a really cool embossed Citadel logo on it. Oh right, okay. Do you know the probably so, the most important thing for the new Citadel thing for me is that it's got a wide butt 
so I'd less yeah, likely than knock the thing over because I'm terrible for knocking stuff over. Terrible. You 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 like big butts and you cannot lie. Yeah, because none of the plates go flying. <laughs> so uh, yeah. they've they've bought out new paint racks as well. Hobby wise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're one of those things where in the pictures I'm a bit like. I don't really get why I'd spend that much money on that, but I I reckon I reckon I need to sit down with them and have a little play with them to understand them. Yeah, I do like the project box things. I like those for like well carrying projects around. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've got one already, but it's still good to see. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's pretty much. I don't think I've done anything else hobby wise building stuff. I um, um I had to do an order for airbrush stuff that cost me fifty odd quid. Just well, me... yeah, but you're better off to you're better off to do a big chunk in one go, aren't you? Then I've accidentally ordered two pots of flow improver. Now I've got a little pot of thirty two mils of flow improver, Vallejo flow improver here that's lasted me for well over a year, and I've just bought two by accident, two hundred mil pots of flow improver so that will probably last me until I die I think but there we are <laughs> maybe I just use it as water <laughs> so yeah. uh, answers on a postcard uses for flow improver other than through an airbrush there must be somebody who uses it for something it must have some virtuous property for uh, for painting with normally well to be honest it was a good job it wasn't there when we were in Warhammer World on the Saturday night because I'd have probably drunk it yeah that's very true that is very yeah. true. I tell you what is I am having trouble with. I do you remember the big old like you got the Citadel Mega Paint Ujima box when they first released yeah. the new Well I got that for Christmas when it came out. And um all because I got them all at the same time, all my paints seem to be dying at the same time. Uh. Like either running out or um if I use them a lot drying out. I guess. I'm terrible for leaving a paint pot open on the desk when I'm not using it. So um, I can see me having to shell out a load of money to replenish my hobby stock in a minute. Which is a well, bit... that's your own fault if you keep leaving paints open. That's because you, you work in like a frenzy. I do. I do. I'm, I'm unashamed of that. I wash yeah, up in well, a frenzy as well. Be. If I'm going to wash up, I wash up with vigour. I end up with water from head to foot and all over the floor and get told off for it. Well, I don't think you should be told off. I think you should be applauded for doing any washing up. I hate washing up. <laughs> I'm I'm sensing that we're coming away from the hobby desk now, so I think probably time to move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we talk about the joys of washing up, <laughs> we have a whole section. <laughs> yeah, up. we'll add that one in. What could we, we could call it? Could we call it the? What could we call it? Fun in the kitchen or something. Yeah, no. uh, we're not. We're, we, it's a good job we do a hobby podcast, isn't it? Y- yeah, um, we struggle enough at making that good, and with names like that, we definitely shouldn't do one about cleaning the kitchen. Fun in the kitchen—that sounds like Sheldon's fun with flags, dude. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We will see you in the grim darkness.
Welcome to the Grim Darkness. Which is actually really flipping sweet right now because there is some cool stuff coming out, isn't there, dude? There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, almost so much that I'm being ill. I haven't really sat down and had a good old look at it all. I felt a little bit like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the question bit... is, the question is, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Um, is this a joke que- trick question? Cause, um... Yeah, of course it's a trick question. I've known you for a long time. You're Marnius. You have to say I am Marnius Oh, Kelgar. of course. Yeah, I was going to say Spartacus for a second. What? <laughs> Spartacus totally ripped Games Workshop off. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Marnius Kelgar, dude, and the Rubicon Primaris? Well, let's let's rewind. Twelve. No, I'm talking about Marnius. Yeah, no, I know. Twelve months, right back to when we started this whole eighth edition. Well, it's longer than that now. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? It's a year and a half. And mm. they said that that on all the sort of interviews, they kept talking about how Space Marines would be able to be reborn into Primaris. And then as soon as the box set came out, nothing. Not a whisper. Not in any of the books. Not in the Space Marine book. Nothing. Um, almost to the point that when they released that little sneaky bit, um, like a, a couple of days before weekend, I, it never even occurred to me that that would be what they were going to renounce. No. And that's, listen, you know, no bones about it. Marnius Kalga was a vessel, and I'm not a massive Ultramine fan. I like the Ultramines, but he was the right choice. He was the first Space Marine character. He's had, you know, iterations throughout the whole process of 40k. So he feels like the right one to do first, personally. There will be people who disagree. But he is a vessel for saying we are going to be re- rebuilding the primary the captains or the you know the the characters, as it were, over time into primaris. Yeah. I flippin' love that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do. Um and I know it's a shame all of my old space marine models will become slightly well, redundant. If you're but... lucky, you know, Games Workshop will refund you for them. I think No, I know I'm I'm being sarcastic. I think the thing is, people do get passionate because they love their hobby, but you've got you've, you've also got to be realistic, haven't you? Of course, there's going to be new stuff. Things get upgraded, don't they? Well, yeah. I'm hoping that we don't see... I think it would be a real loss so quickly to get rid of the Space Marines as a as a thing. I don't think... See, the thing is... Uh, but I can't 40K, see it happening. The 41st millennium or the galaxy, they aren't going to, well, I say they aren't. It, I very much doubt in our lifetimes they would do away with it being set in that galaxy um, and in that setting. Unlike, obviously, what happened with, with Warhammer Fantasy. Um, and therefore, Space Marines, because they've chosen to do it this way, to scale up the Space Marines, but through the background, there will always be a period in 40k history where, where, and quite awesome periods as well. You're talking the heresy and, um, the beast arises era where what we would now term normal, um, Adeptes Astartes existed. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I think that 40k through the ages has got a real power to it. Yeah. 
And maybe we won't, we won't see all the variety that we used to. Or maybe they'll streamline that variety down to, you know, a couple of units, perhaps. So you'll lose some of the stuff around the edges. Maybe. maybe but then, you, but then you, that's you all right. You have to look at the release schedule and the amount of stuff that's coming out. No, I'm I'm thinking more about getting. So for, at the moment, the Space Marine range is is massive. The 30k range is slightly smaller, but I can see that being streamlined into. So you won't have some of the more niche units in there. You'll have maybe 20 or 10 core boxes of Astartes oh, right, see. that you'll be able to play around with, and they will stay mm. on the shelf, and the Primaris will range will grow. But I can't see. Oh, them. I see. So you you won't be able to necessarily get I, I don't know, like let's say for example a Thunderfire cannon or something for um for forty k because there'll be a new one um you, you'll lose those kind of bits around the edges perhaps but I don't I don't think that I don't I can't see them ever well, in the foreseeable future going so I'm I'm not too worried about it but I think it's really easy and it happened with Age of Sigma to get and I'm not going to let it happen to me with forty k to get bitter about it. Um, and I can understand why people do. I was so bitter about Age of Sigma or, or the loss of Warhammer Fantasy that it, it put me off for a long time. Um, but the bottom line is, I, I much prefer now a Primaris model to an Astartes model. I think they're fantastic. Um, they're bigger. They allow you, they give you more room to sort of paint. I think they look, they look better. Now that's a personal opinion. I know it is, but I'm quite happy. With that change, and I, I feel like it would have been really easy to get bitter about it and and not embrace that, and then it ruined my hobby, and I don't want my hobby to be ruined. Well, no, really, that's my feeling about it. The the model itself, I love it. Yep, it looks. Box. I really, to be honest, I love the model of Marius. I flipping over the moon with his bodyguards. Yeah, interesting that there's not quite so much in, like detail on both of them. So they've they've kept that cleaner look. Yes, yeah. Um, which is, I think, brave and and very honest. Mm. So they haven't gone over the top with it because, um, and by honest, I mean honest to the background. A suit of Mark Ten is hundred years old at the most, whereas a suit of Honor Guard armor, you know, Mark Eight or Seven, is going to be, you know, potentially, you know, five thousand years old. You know, so yes, sure. So it's going to be significantly more embellished just by the fact that it's been worn by probably a couple of hundred people, frankly. Um, yeah. So I like that cleaner look, but I hope as time goes by, the armor will get more and more intricate. You know, you get more detail on it, but that that time will tell with that. But um, yeah. So we've talked about the lesser character of the um, Vigilus Defiant book. So um, there's also. Harken World Claimer, Herald of the Apocalypse. Yeah. So I think he looks immense. He's so dynamic. It's cool as well because he is Abaddon's Herald. So Abaddon's on the way. Hurrah! Well, hope, hopefully, yeah. Cause well, he's got to be. You can't have a Herald and then not have the main man turn up. Well, you, you can. No, lies. Right. You, you get Heralds of Chaos all over the place and you don't see the Chaos Gods turning up. They're too cowardly. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <coughs> no, interesting. I, he's a nice model, isn't he? Defiant, the book. 
Oh, he is a nice model. Yeah, he is a nice model. I see lot Night Lords players enjoying him um, mm. a lot. Um, the book itself is massive. It's not like I thought it was going to be. It's 200 pages long and it costs 45 quid. Yeah, it's more like like the the Realm Wars books, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um I so do you... have one concern with it though. Do, I do, do have you? a concern. Yeah, I do, cuz up until now, one of the features of 8th edition has been to to streamline things as much as possible. And that included books and really at the moment to play a game of Warhammer 40k you need a piece of rule card if you if you need that your codex and chapter approved and whatever FAQ you needed to print off for your codex if you need multiple codexes that's a decision that you've made but essentially you only need those two books and your rule your rule pamphlet these things that are in there their formations means that you now need three books um which is a bit of a pain in the ass, I think. Um, it's not a huge concern, but it, it does start to get a little bit like seventh edition, where you had like your wolf and formation in the Fenris campaign book, for example, and your, another formation in another book. And I can find that a bit. I kind of feel like, from a book's point of view, uh, they've kind of thrown out the window mm. the whole streamlining the amount of books you need thing because. You, you've got, you know, the very existence of chapter approved and the living FAQs. It, it, I saw an interesting debate about it online um, between people who liked it and people who didn't. Uh, and I think it is cool having a living rule set to, especially if if you are, um, you're very into your matched play. Yes, because absolutely. you're going to want yeah, to yeah. know that it's a balanced, balanced system. Um but I think as a more casual gamer, it gets a little bit frustrating just making sure you're on top of all these things. Um, but, you know, it is it is how it is, I suppose, isn't it? It's interesting. I'll, I'll have to consider it because £45 is, is obviously a fair whack. Um, and I don't play 40k loads. I would play loads of games. So I'll just have to see what I yeah. think the impact will be on my hobby. Um, I think if it had, if it was Abaddon himself, um, then, then it, I'd, I'd be, and then Marnius Calgar, I'd be on it, but we shall see. Um, talking a chapter approved. Yeah. I'm excited because my army got cheaper. Way. <laughs> so, um, all I knew to start with was that cultists were going up and I was like, oh, but it's okay. Cause pretty much everything else came down in points. I haven't really seen that because obviously the rules or the numbers have been leaked a little bit now. But um, <clears throat> I haven't really had a good chance to look through to see what effect it's had on my space wolves, or even just the Astartes in general. No, I've not I've them looked here. at anything other than chaos. My hell, my hell drakes went down. Yeah. My Maulafine went down. My hell brutes went down, and not by little amounts. Khan the Betrayer went from one hundred and sixty to one hundred and twenty points. Really. Yeah, quite a lot, really. That's a big difference, isn't it? The Forge Fiends went down by thirty-five points each. Um, no, thirty-five or thirty, thirty points each, I think. And the the Hellbrutes went down by thirty-five each. So Mm. yeah, some big drops, some very big drops. Um, and 
What else was there? Well, there was some, oh, this, this is a battle codex in there, which is going to be interesting to see. Because uh, I've just started listening to... Hmm, I can't remember what it's called. The second of the Herusian... All right, yeah. Um, trilogy, the Inquisitor Covenant. And in there, there's a battle sister of... Is it the Ebon Chalice? Is that right? Possibly. Anyway, that made me think, oh, I like the Sound of Sisters of Battle. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. That sounds cool. Um, so lots of stuff. I like Chapter Approved as a concept a lot. I like the idea that the rules balance, all the numbers balance every year. Um, yeah. Pretty keen on that, actually. So. Um, Today, Cordor Weapon Packs. Huzzah! They look ace as well. Yeah, I've ordered them. Some barking weapons on there. Yeah, I know. It's mental, isn't it? <laughs> Just mad. Um, I already had... I've got two boxes of Cordor Gangers unopened on the shelf waiting. I bought them really? about a month ago. Yeah, waiting for these weapon packs to turn up. And now they're out. Hurrah! So I just got to wait. Yeah, it was nice that the um, the Delac book came as a book in White Dwarf. That was excellent, that. And, it, and it looks good as well, doesn't it? It's not like yeah. naff. I think it's ace. it's well made. So yeah, I'm trying to decide whether or not to pick up the other two gang wars, or actually just throw the towel in and and get the whole lot together. Uh. I think if you don't pick them up, you should uh, get rid of the other two, because otherwise it will haunt you forever. <laughs> Not happy. That before. is the truth. It is. The miss, missing most missile pod syndrome. That happens, man. I don't know, though. Oh, Not the microphone now. Um, I don't believe, and I might be wrong, Actually, there's probably a little bit more about Dilak in the gang one, isn't there? Um, I'm just, I'm not sure if there's any additional content. Is there additional content in those two books that isn't covered by Gang War? Well, it's been tidied up. The FAQs have been in, integrated into them. Yeah, so... The, the rules are effectively, the rules are, if you play Necromunda, are a must, because it includes the full set of rules... Um, as in the three, you know, three dimensional rules rather than just, you know, 2D. So I think it's probably a must, the rule book. The gang ones, I think the fact that they've released the Delac ones separately is an indicator that you could just have the gang wars books and you'd be okay. That there's nothing new or massive in there that's changed, but it just brings them all together in one place, I think. Hmm. Is I, I can't say for sure, but that's that's the impression I've got. Otherwise, they wouldn't have released the Delac book. Yeah, that's true. If you, they would have just gone. Well, you know, the rules are in the new one. Um, but hmm. it's a nicely done book. I'm right. I'm impressed with it. I like White Dwarf doing stuff like that. Yeah, it feels like a long time since you could get like cut out vehicle cards in the White Dwarf. Yeah, actually made of cardboard. You had to. Pull them out. 
There's a limited that. edition slipcase version with both the books in it. Yeah, I know. That looks so good. I'm going to want that. These specialist games are getting me, man. They're just shiving my wallet and running off with it. Because I convinced myself that it's okay because I'm only going to do one faction. Like, so yeah. I'm only doing Cordor. So it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be expensive. I'm only doing Cordor. So far, for my only doing Cordor, I've got the Underhive box set, four Gang Wars, dice, cards, the... Uh, Bad Zone Delta cards, the territory, uh, sorry, Bad Zone Delta tiles, the territory cards, and three boxes of gangers, and two lots of weapons packs. But it's okay, because I'm only doing one gang. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. It is, yeah. And then, like, Titanicus is similar, because by the time you get all the buildings and load of titans and then they're going to bring out campaign books i'm going to want them and then blood bowl's not quite as bad maybe but even blood bowl like i've got the almanac and i've got um two box teams of of orcs and then i've got the cheerleaders and i've got the troll and some goblins so yeah bloody specialist games i love them (laughs) they are amazing that's half the problem yep Yep. But they are they have been really well done. Have you had a chance to look at Blackstone Fortress yet? Well, Blackstone Fortress is a bit of a thing, actually. I normally I get a product and practically before I've sat down, when I get home from work, I've torn it open and looked at everything and got excited and um I opened Blackstone Fortress a couple of days ago. But well over a week since I got it. I know. I remember I just you didn't... saying, I was like flipping out, you must have been ill. I didn't, I couldn't face it. I just, it just sat there and I just, I couldn't mount the energy to even get excited about that. So, yeah, no, I haven't. I have had it open for a couple of days though, and the models are everything that I wanted them to be. They're stunning. Um, it, it's difficult to know where to start. They're so nice, to be honest. Um, as in which model to do first. Mm. I don't know, it's a lot of people have done the, the robot first, which is quite interesting, but, um, I don't think I will. I might choose something else. Quite fancy doing the ratlings, actually. Oh, yeah. Really like them. They're really nice in person. It would be cool to see a plastic rattling box, actually. So I'd really like the old metal ones. I've got a squad of them somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and the, the game is, it, I know this is going to sound a little bit bizarre, but the quality of it is it's a step up from anything that they've done already. So there's a ton of stuff in there um, that didn't necessarily need to be in there, like special pouches to keep your, you know, your your uh, your stuff in in between games. Yeah. Um, there's that in there. The card stock for the board pieces is glorious and so well cut that the, it practically falls out. You don't need to push it at all, not really. So you didn't get any of that splitting or tearing that you can do sometimes when you're taking that cardstock. Um, yeah, it's just overall the quality is, is very, very good. I think I would have preferred 
um, having the books all together in one book and and hardback, perhaps. Because mm-hmm. it c- comes in four or five pamphlet books, but that's a preference thing. Uh, I love the fact that there is an envelope in there that says "Do not open until you finish the game." And if anyone spoils that for me, I'm going to utterly fall to pieces. I'm going to be like. As bad as when someone broke the news that Han Solo died in the first in the Star Wars film <laughs> before I went to see it, gutting. Um, so, yeah. So first, that's my first impression. I was going to do an unboxing because it had been sat on my shelf boxed, but every time I went to go and do it, I looked at myself in the mirror and saw a haggard, coughing, spluttering mess, and thought no one wants to see that. So. I just opened it in the end. <laughs> so I was talking to Chris, um, and he's got it. And his impression was much like you. Excellent quality, looks really good. Um, but he's been quite surprised by the lack of narrative. Um, less less narrative, he felt, than Silver Tower. Because um, you know how in Silver Tower, each thing you do, you get like a little lead-in paragraph and... Yeah, background. yeah, yeah. So, um, he not we've not played it yet, so we'll have to see. But that was just an impression he had, which is why I thought I'd ask you about it. But I don't suppose you've got far enough to gauge that yet. No, I shall probably put together all the bits in there and play it over the Christmas holidays with my brother. Yeah, and Joe, give it a shot. Was we've played Silver Tower and enjoyed that, so it seems like a reasonable thing to do. Mm. Well, cool. Anything else, sir, you'd like to cover off in the Galaxy of War? No, it's a bit unfortunate, actually, isn't it? Because you get so much stuff that you can't really sit down and talk about each thing in as much detail as you'd hope. No. But, no, I think it's an exciting time for 40k, I think. I think we're about to see... I think Vigilus is the start of something, rather than the something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Really good indicator is that if you go on the Warhammer community page, if you go to the top, it now says news, features, irregulars, vigilous. Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to be the malign portents of 2019. Yeah. So there we go. It's exciting. Looking forward to it. And I think it's time now, talking about malign portents, to head off into the Mortal Realms, isn't it? Absolutely. Hi guys, and uh, welcome to the Mortal Realms. Um, We've just been having a look through uh, the community website and the White Dwarf, actually, and it isn't just us, but it appears that we are are in the calm before the storm. Um, So... Not a great deal going on, really, um, with it comes re- to releases. So we thought we'd just have a natter about what's been what we've seen that's been cool, really. If that's all right with everybody. Well, we sort of sat here for a bit. Well, we first we sat here both listening to silence, silence because we hadn't realised that we'd lost the phone connection, uh, and I was waiting for Ben, and Ben was waiting for me. So that that was um, some well spent time. It was, in fact, vastly more interesting than you as well. What? Whoa. 
<laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, but well done for getting in there before I did. Yeah, well, I thought I was primed to strike it, so... Applause there, applause there. So, yeah, the Mortal Realms, like Ben says, a um, little bit of a lull at the moment. Um, very excited to see the Moon Clan Grots. Um, I'm assuming as well that Wrath and Rapture... Well, it has, hasn't it? It's got a booklet about the Mortal Realms and a booklet about um, Galaxy of War. Well, 40k. Yes, yeah. So In there. So there'll be some stuff in there for that. I'm quite looking forward to that. I'll, I'm not sure whether to pick up the box. I'm going to have to wait and see what the price point is because I don't really want any more Blood Letters or Blood Crushers because I just don't want to paint more Blood Crushers, to be honest. Um being the main reason. Well, you could always see which bits you like out of it and, and sort of pick the bits out from bits box. Yeah, yeah, or just wait until they come out individual release, which could be quite a long time, but it could. it's not like I haven't got stuff to be working on, is it? No, but uh, the books might be an interesting purchase because they did an article on um, on the on the uh, Realm of Chaos, actually, um, as a sort of prelim thing on Wormer community um, which is quite interesting and I wonder if they're not going to take the opportunity to to explore the background for those a little bit more bring, yeah, that's true. bring them up to date a little bit um, particularly, mm. particularly the Age of Sigma half I, I liked the article actually I just, I just reread it, it's quite good um, describing the realm of chaos is like, it's the kind of task that drives a mortal mind mad Imagine trying to count all the grains of sand on a beach, except every grain of sand is made of insanity. The beach is upside down and on fire. Do that, and you're still not even close to grasping how bonkers the realm of chaos is. So, <laughs> I, I think I think this might well be a, a worthwhile little pamphlet to pick up. Yeah, it might be worth just popping into Games Workshop and seeing if they have an open copy to have a look at. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, like, Tooth and Claw had some background for Vigilus in, but it's only a couple of pages. It it certainly wasn't worth buying the whole box set for the background, but separately on Bitspots, just imagine you'd be able to pick them up for maybe a five or a book or something. Yeah. Just that's... Yeah, cool. that's true. Um, Karanak's quite cool in Age of Sigmar. He comes... He, he can summon his own little unit of um, hounds. Excellent. Um which is obviously free or built into his points cost, I suppose. Uh, I did see, I love the model. I do love the model. I did see a wonderful thing, which was like the central head shouting, why have my arms got head, armpits got heads? <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do love the model. Um, and it's quite big as well. It's on the, the larger, not not the um, flying stand oval, but the sort of the sort of size that you get the monstrous cavalry on. Yeah. So like the juggernauts. Yeah, he's, he's a, on one he's of those. He's a big one, isn't he? Really. Yeah, yeah, he's big. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, looking forward to them. Um, ideally, I'd like to get him and five hounds to start with. Um, I did want to buy eight boxes of hounds, but that's just silly. Yeah, you um, did talk about eight boxes of hounds. I wondered how long that would take. Yeah. That. Well, to yeah, be honest, we'll dude, they might not be. They're not a thing that will take you long to paint. No, no, they won't take long to paint. So, um, but everything takes time to paint. I've got thirty blood letters I want to paint. So, 
to yeah. get them done. But anyway, yeah, loads of stuff to paint. Um, I mean, really, Wrath and Rapture uh, and Karanak are, are the only released things that have been hinted at, to be honest. Well, and the... Well, yes. Uh, as in, I sp- since we spoke last, because we have had a chat about the goblins. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, hmm, yeah, a little bit thin on the ground. There is a, there, it's an interesting decision. There's a scenario for fighting a gargant or a giant in Underworlds. Underworlds, isn't that? Yeah, and you've got a free card in in the White Dwarf. And I tell you what, sometimes Games Workshop understands collectors perfectly. Sometimes they, I wonder if they're not having a go just for the because it's funny they've made that card a large card rather than the same size as everything else so it doesn't fit in any of the boxes that i have for underworlds and it's driving me mental (laughs) i don't have a card sleeve for it uh, but it looks like a good scenario so that's that's the positive side of that but Oh, I wish you'd made it as a normal sized card. But then I suppose it's cool because it's a bigger side card, and I'm just whinging like a child. So, see, from a marketing point of view, I'd have made it the same size, and I'd have made it a numbered card. Mm. Because then people that enjoy Night Vault or what have you have to, um. You know, if they want the collection of all of the official cards, they'd have to pick up White Dwarf. And then they might go through White Dwarf and see, like, oh, I quite like look, look at this, 40k, and then buy 40k. Well, it would have been nice to sort of have a series of them, really. So not mm. not just the Chaos Gargan, but, um, you know, Normal Giant or other monsters. Throw in there and have a bit of a laugh. No, this, the rules were... But I thought it... W- I thought it was interesting um, that they'd gone for. Sorry, I was getting distracted. Gone for a narrative type scenario for the game, which is coined as the ultimate competitive miniatures game. Yeah. Not saying that people can't enjoy a narrative thing. I just um, was surprised, that's all. Yeah, but it's, it's good fun, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it yeah, feels a lot like. Yeah. Um, Bugman's Bar. You know, it's just a bit of silliness, I think. Mm. <laughs> it's not something <laughs> yeah. that's ever going to make it into competition, but it just... see a, a lot of Shades by players giving it a go, just because it's fun. It is... Mm. Just flicked over the page in that, actually, and noticed that the uh, the command console for the the new quest, uh, Serastus Knight banner is uh, printed in the white dwarf in full so you could cut it out and turn it into a card if you wanted to hmm. which is pretty awesome yeah in fact it's even got the permission granted a photocopy for personal use thing on it well that's good which goes back to what we were saying about what I was saying about previous white dwarfs and how you could get cards in it but anyway we're off topic um, yes so the other thing that's come out from the, the mortal realms or Warhammer World, as it were, is the um, Blood Bowl team, the Undead Blood Bowl team. Oh yes! Now I've all and an Orc booster as well. Yeah, an Orc booster. Um, 
Really like the Orc booster. It's got Black Orc in, which is always exciting. And they're different poses as well, as far as I could see. Yes, they are. Um, oh, just find the page with the, with the Undead team on. So, Undead. I always liked Undead because um, they were different, like significantly different. Um, normally, in uh, Blood Bowl, you either had um, what I called a flat team, so everything was the same size, or a kind of multi-level team where you had lots of small stuff and a big thing. Yep. Um, Undead, I've always felt, it's one of the teams that just breaks outside of those two basic models. Um, because you have such a range of weirdness in the arm, in the, uh, in the team. From the, <laughs> we, from a shambling zombie who's gonna do what? To this time around, they've got a whopping great mummy blitzer that's like the size of a black hawk easily. Um, yeah, but they used to have in the old, older teams. They used to have vampires and goodness knows what in there. So you had really, really powerful players and really, really bad ones in the same team, um, <laughs> and all in the same sort of scale. So yeah. th- they are. They're. I think they're a really exciting alternative or th- to mix up the game. So I'm really excited to see how they play. Um, and the shambling undead pitch looks quite good too. Yes, it does. I like the fact that there's like it in the night, yeah, and it in the day. I love that with ghosts coming out. So yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. And the spirits have arrived, and yeah, it's great. There's lots going to be lots of the sounds of flicking in this episode because because White Dwarf's only just sort of arrived. Yeah, I like the um, the markers as well. Yes, yeah, like the hand. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it, that's so funny. I like the um, always like the markers and the tokens, and I like when you see. In fact, in this issue of White Dwarf, you can see in the Golden Demon that the that often when people paint a team to go into a competition, they paint the markers really well to go with them. Um, yeah, I really like that because I enjoyed painting the markers; they were different and unusual. Um, I suppose it's worthwhile we're talking about Blood Bowl, talking about Spike. Um, yeah, and how that's now sort of evolved into the second almanac. Yeah, I seem to remember though that Tony Cottrell spoke about this. That was always the plan. Yeah, um, I suppose what I'm interested to see is whether or not that almanac has anything further than the Spike magazines. Yeah, I think it will because it's 144 pages. Yeah, uh, I think it's got some of the stuff about some special balls that have come out in White Dwarf since the last almanac. Makes it a real struggle, actually. As much as I like compiling them all into one, I've got all of the Spike magazines, and it it frustrates me a little bit that I'm going to have to get... If there is other stuff in that book. And I suppose you don't have to, because it's all in the White Dwarfs, but it does make sense to have it all together. And then... I kind of what I'm getting at is I almost feel like next year I'm not going to buy the Spike magazines. I'm going to wait for the Almanac. Yeah, I'm a little bit like that. I'm a little bit like that. Change the way I do it because same with the Gang Wars. But then you want the rules if there's something new comes out that you like and you want it before the end of the. Oh, I don't know. Very frustrating. <laughs> I think for you, I would say that you should not buy 
Spike. I've got three. Or three of the damn. I know you've already got three, but that's too late now. That's happened. You can give them away. Um, to the, some lucky listeners, to encourage them to play bubble. But I think because you're a collector of the books and stuff, and I think that a nice hardback book just suits more. Yeah. No, I know. You, I, problem is, you're right. And you're not. It's not like you're actively playing the games a lot, is it? So you don't need the rules like right now. <coughs> yeah. No, you you are right. It's just frustrating. I've, it's frustrating. I agree. I, I don't know. I I actually haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. No. Um, yeah. So um, that's that's the Blood Bowl news and the Shadespire news. For the actual game itself, Age of Sigma, the real you know the, the linchpin of all of this madness. There doesn't seem to be a great deal going on. Nah, but that's okay. There was a massive like run of it. Yeah. Um. And it's nice to it's nice to just have a pause, little pause, breathe in, yeah, before it all goes mad again. And to be honest, I don't need any more encouragement. I've just kind of wrapped up that. Well, I'm not wrapped it up. You never wrap up a project, but brought that project to a point where I'm happy enough to crack on and do a bit of 40k. And I want to do Necromunda. Um, oh, there is a little thing in the back of uh, White Dwarf. Hang on a minute. Da, da, da. Warhammer Age of Sigmar Skirmish next month in January. So updates to the, the Skirmish for, for Age of Sigmar, so that's quite exciting because Yeah it is. That'd be nice to do do something small and lead into um the possibility of of uh Age of Sigmar kill team type thing. Um so that'd be good. Yeah, you would. Very good. That'd be nice. It's um, I think what when it comes to to um, what I'm looking forward to, it's got to be the goblins over everything. But but I really I'm a bit perplexed that they haven't actually released the two shades by teams yet. Teams, gangs, warbands. Uh, oh, the, the troll, the troll, and the dark oath, war queen. Lot, the yeah, but aren't we only like part way through? When did Night Vault come out? No, but they've been on the cards for a while, dude. I, I would have expected them to. I kind of, I, yeah, I would have expected them to be around by now. Oh, you're a very demanding, aren't you? I am. I'm super demanding. I want them. I wanted them for Christmas, but I put them on a Christmas list, and everyone keeps asking them where they are, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I've had to change it to Gandalf and Pippin, and I'm not sad about oh. that at all. No, no, not at all. Um, oh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Hmm. No loss to us. No, no, not really. I kind of need to go back and carry on with my Blood Bowl orcs at some point. Get that troll done. The, have you constructed the troll? Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. It's a superb model. Oh yeah, it is. It's a bit like a Puzz 3D. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I'm building it up, isn't it? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of American football game films recently. Oh yeah. Um, in my time being ill, so I'm quite keen to paint the humans actually. 
And uh, I gave my humans. Well, no, I think I sold them actually to Dan Wosley in the hope that it might convince him to play something else, but that didn't work. You sold your humans. Yeah. Hmm. I. Okay. To be honest, it's it's all completely out of sorts, isn't it, really? It, it's only because I've spent so long on the Orcs that I've invested in them. I should be doing the Chaos All-Stars. <laughs> yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah. I think, actually, yeah. out of all of the teams, they're my least favourite, I have to be honest. Are they? Yeah. I don't like you much, either. No, well, I don't blame them, but... They're nice, but compared to the others, I don't find them. Oh, the Beastmen, though, mate. The Beastmen look flipping amazing. Yeah. Talking of Beastmen, I've put a Beastman Herdstone on my Christmas wish list. Why? Well, because I kind of like the idea of adding some Beastmen to my collection and giving them the corn keyword. Oh, that's quite good. And yeah. What, would you paint them in a Which, kind of corny colour? Like a bit reddier? Yeah, well, yeah, reddy browns, I think. Yeah, that's quite cool. And lots of skulls. I think that would be cool. Lots of skulls. Um, yeah. And um, and I thought, well, the Herdstone is, an, is a cool piece of chaotic scenery anyway. Yes, it is. So I thought, well, if I put it on my Christmas list, because I don't normally... Um, Harry and I and family and all we don't go that mad with Christmas and to be honest with Joshua now I'm more focused on him um, so like if I got the Herdstone what is it 1750 that would be like my games workshop present uh, and so I thought well then I can just leave it up to the gods of chaos then can't I <laughs> and if I get it then I must be destined to do a beastman army um, that'll never happen so yeah, you you'll go you go and buy all the beastmen and have them in your shelf for a month, and then realise that you need to paint more corn. Yeah, but they are corn. Yeah, but they wouldn't be corn enough. Beastly corn. I do like them actually. I like the concept of beastmen a lot. There's some mm. primal and yeah, and. Uh, and the Dark Oath. I could see a Dark Oath Beastman army being quite good fun. Oh, they're going to come out at some point as well, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. In fact, looking, uh... looking forward to next year. It's a bright future for Age of Sigma. Well, I'm really interested to see what comes along on the Age of Sigma open day. When is uh, that? It's usually June time. But it's like... It's a it's, long time it's not... to wait. Yeah, but before that we've got Warhammerfest. Woohoo! Warhammerfest. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd draw it to a close there because I think Age of Sigma is it's a, it's a 40k high. It's an Age of Sigma low. Um, we've had a little 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 bits and bobs. Wrath and Rapture will kick it off again and then we'll be into Goblins and Dark Oath and goodness knows what. Um, and to be fair to us, we've done a reasonable job at talking about nothing for 21 minutes. Yeah. That's most of our conversations, to be honest, dude. Yeah. Cool. Let's go and celebrate our wondrous community.
hail to our glorious community. So this is the part where Ben and I talk about upcoming events. So we haven't got loads this time around, just mainly because with Ben being unwell, um, we've not managed to get them all all on uh, because, well, I just haven't done it, <laughs> uh, to be honest. So <laughs> there's no other real excuse. Um, so we do that. Uh, and then Ben's got his usual shout outs. Uh, and I've got some as well. So Ben, do you want to just go for? I think there was three or four events on there. Yeah, um, there's one um, this weekend that just gone. I'm really happy to say that Barb's of Red Ruth have been running a 40k event, um, which is very exciting, and, and I'm glad they're doing that. Um, along may they continue. It's been the Throne of Skulls in the weekend just gone, which is excellent too. Um, for uh, Middle Earth, Dan. And it's been, oh, has yeah, it really? yeah. And there's been loads of great pictures on the um, Great British Hobbit League, which are gonna. This is gonna. I'm gonna shout them out because, frankly, they are one of the best communities online. Um, they kept yeah. the Hobbit going through the dark times, where <laughs> there wasn't any support from Games yeah. Workshop. Um, and not only did they keep it going, they kept it going positively and, you know, in a really good way. So, Great British Hobbit League. Um, it's a Facebook page, primarily, I think. So worth going on there, and um, if you're interested. But they've just, well, um, Warhammer World have just run the first Throne of Skulls for Middle Earth strategy battle game, and it looks ace, and the armies look ace. That's great, yeah, isn't it? Really, really excited about that actually, because it, it it's a good indicator that they're going to support it properly moving forward. Um, so kudos to the guys at Warhammer World for doing that. Um. Also one that I don't know if we called out properly, but Terra's had a couple of events this weekend as well. Um, so is Curtain, um, Underworld Championships, I think, for both of them. So it's good to see that um, sort of carrying on. I like the un- Underworld's game, um, Shades by a Nighthawk, Nightfall, that kind of stuff. So that's cool to see that going. But there, that's also what's been, and it's looking forward. And unfortunately, like Dan said, I haven't really had time to sit down and... Um, um, do it. Um, or not time. I've had plenty of time. Just haven't had the energy. So, um, weekend after this is graced Podbean. So, uh, Saturday the 15th of December is Terror's Games Paintathon, Last Man Sitting Before Christmas. Love a good paintathon. Um, really good way to meet people that you haven't met before perhaps or get to know people that you've just gamed with um briefly in the evenings um i just think they're great social events um so if you're local to terror that's definitely worth a shot and they've got a great venue well set up um and run by some really nice people so uh worth popping along to that uh oh it's their venue is fantastic yeah really good um X-Wing Wave 2 Championships at Curtain is on the same day, 15th. And if anyone knows how to run an X-Wing Championship, it will be them. Um, so that's definitely worth going along to. Uh, and then, really, there's two weeks of nothing. But I suspect, actually, there's two weeks of nothing because it's Christmas. To be honest. Because we have got some stuff oh, yeah. early January. 5th, um, it kicks off at Element again with a winter warm-up 40k event. Um, mm. and then 
Yeah, the first couple of weeks of January don't look particularly full either. But that could be because I haven't put them on there, or um, because people are having a break. So Christmas is its own kind of event in itself, isn't it? So yeah, well, um, I know, uh, I know Jim's got the Winter Tides forty k tournament on the sixth of January. Excellent. Yeah, um, that's always good um, for the for a bit of forty k, and also I'm just thinking, what's the date today? The seventh. So there's what's that big? Big's Mega Prize Showdown tomorrow. Um, what is this to do with? Some a card game. Excellent. But I can't work out what. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? It says we have some leftover season one and a large quantity quantity of season two kit prizes. Oh, the Shogun Showdown and Stronghold Showdown. Oh, that'll be Shogun Showdown, yeah. Yeah, there we go then. So that's good. Um, So lots of giveaways going on at that one, if you're into that. And Kill Team Friday on the 14th and Friday Night X-Wing on the 21st. So there's a couple of things there. That big. Yep. Going on. Um, So, shout-outs, dude. Yeah, so I've got... um, um, First of all, Congratulations, really, because um, it, it's a model that I absolutely love, and um, it's a chap that has been really supportive of us. And I just want to say congratulations to Tommy Saul for um, his Ragnar Blackmane winning a trophy at the Golden Demon. Absolutely chuffed to bits with that. It's probably my favourite model. Well, <laughs> just about every his Space Wolf, his Ragnar Blackmane. It's got some advantages from the offset but i have there is no better reimagining of ragnar blackman as far as i'm concerned um so i'm dead chuffed to see that so congratulations to tommy um it is utterly amazing it is and when he said he'd won i was like oh please let it be ragnar blackman and it was ragnar blackman so yeah dead excited about that um so a couple of others one of them is um we've chatted out before but he did a conversion um well, before I shouted him out for his Death Guard, um, which are done in really dark colours with bright green tentacles and goo, and they look ace. Um, and I'm not really a massive Death Guard fan, to be honest, but as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, I could just do an army like that. I'd love that. Absolutely loved it. But he has turned his hand, more recently, to doing a Primaris conversion for um, White Scars. Um, and it is bonkers good. Absolutely brilliant. So he's drawing a sword, swords glowing. It's just magnificent. And, um, that's Mike Ingram, whose his handle is Mezgike. I've not idea what that's short for. Uh, M-E-Z-G-I-K-E, um, on Instagram. And it's just a belter of a model. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so he has got a Patreon and he's done little, I'm afraid I can't try out Patreons to know what the, the quality of all the stuff is. Because if I if I signed up to everyone's Patreons I liked, I think I'd be broke within a day, to be honest. <laughs> um, but he he just sort of ports some stuff across for um, his Patreon little snippets, um, and it looks really good. So if if you're big into his style, I 
would be worth having a look at his Patreon, see what that's about. Um, yeah, absolutely love that, that white scar dude. It's mental. Just, I mean, even the conversion is brilliant. Let alone the paint job. Oh, mate, yeah, it's, I like the glow coming off the sword. Yeah, he's absolutely nailed OSL, hasn't he? Like, it's his signature move. And I don't normally like object source lighting used that much. You know, I like it done subtly. Bit of a glow here, a bit of a glow there. But I think it's because he's chosen one colour and made that the OSL. You know, it's not overdone. It's just a, like a key feature of the model. And it's done very well. Yeah. And it, I just think it makes it. I think it's stunning. Um, so that's Mike. Um, the other one is, um, I'm very pleased to see more posts from Darren Latham. And I found yeah. his stuff recently to be really inspirational. Um, he's done some step by steps, for example, on, um, how he did the, uh, non-metal metallics for that Ponzi Slanesh dude whose name I can never remember. Um, does he have it in his... Oh, Sigvald, yeah, the Magnificent, him. is it? Really complicated yeah. armour because it's done like a Roman breastplate and he's done some sort of pictures of that and the colours he used. Um, and he's also been posting his um, Iron Skulls army. Um, which he's done to tabletop standard, and it makes me feel sick how good it is. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, also um, some space walls, which is the main reason I actually want to shout it out because he's been posting a few of his space wolf stuff on there, um, namely his Arjak Rockvis conversion. Um, Mark has shared it with me the other day, um, and just little bits of it, like the free hand on his of like a paw on his shin. Oh, <laughs> love it. Um, so, so is this on Instagram you've seen this? Well, Instagram, Twitter, um, all over the place, really. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's his handle on Instagram? His handle on Instagram is just Darren Latham. Oh, there we are. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know who Darren Latham is, shame on you. (laughs) He's one of the Games Workshop miniature designers, um, was a heavy metal painter, um, and is, is really generous with that, you know, hints and tips on how he's approached things online. He's also been doing his Eldar recently, which, man, oh, man. One of my particular favourite posts that he did, I'm just trying to find it, is he'd done, like, before I've done the freehand, and after he'd done... There it is. Yeah. Um, He's done a a warlock before he did the freehand detail, like, on the black cloak, yellow detail, and afterwards, and it it really is... uh, One of those pictures where you're like, Oh wow, that makes a significant difference. I, you know, changes the model completely. Um, so great, yeah. So I think well worth following, Darren. To be honest, um, and that's what this yeah. is about. It's about shouting out people worth following to just make your Twitter and Instagram and Facebook feeds full of happy, pretty models rather than grumpy, miserable world. <laughs> so. Um- and part of our quest to do that is uh, our Two Peas podcast hobby forum. So um, there's a group we set up so it could be a little bit more interactive for all listeners. So uh, we've done that. 181 people in there at the moment. So thank you for that. Growing um, all the time. So a couple of things. It's growing Sorry. all the time. It's great. 
Yeah, it's cool. It's ace, and it's nice because you see a bit of diversity, which is what I wanted to to talk about. So Mike M has put up the mountain <laughs> from yes. the Song of Ice and his, Fire. Uh, his Song of Ice and Fire oh. stuff is great. Yeah, he needs to stop stop it <laughs> now, really, because it's hard to resist um, that, and it, it does look. You well, should it looks ace. Think um, yourself lucky it hasn't coincided with the season on television. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we usually do shout out, out um, John Hammett um, for stuff, but particularly it's a bit of a weird shout out, but it's essentially a leaking sewer pipe um, from the Rat Catchers Guild for Guild Ball. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It looks brilliant. I think it just looks ace. I really like it. I think it would make a great objective for anything, really. Um Rob Davis has posted up uh, one of the corn blood reavers from Garex reavers from oh, the. It's great with Chase the grey tone skin. Oh, the skin, yeah. oh yeah, I just, I absolutely love that skin. I really, really like it. I think it looks ace. Would be um, cool if you could do. And a he step has by actually step. put in there when you go in. He's put a step That's by it. step. Great, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So it. Yeah, I think I I think that looks mad good. To be honest, I really really like that. The other one, the last one I was going to shout out that I was looking for was um, Paul Allen. So Mighty Paul, who I worked with for a time in Bath, um, he has posted up the um, a little war band he's doing to try a new game in the new year. But there's a it's a dwarf, a crossbow wielding man, I think, and an elf, and they just look great. They just look like a proper adventuring warband. Excellent. So, um, yeah, yeah, really like that. So, yeah, some good stuff in there. And as ever, I always encourage people to join, post stuff. Um, makes the day go nicer at work, mainly, if it goes bing and there's something cool in there. Yeah, and um, one of the things we've been talking about, um, we were really chuffed with how the painting competition went recently and we've been thinking of a way to move it forward um but um not make it more exclusive i suppose but how how we'd like to continue it going on into the next year and we've decided we're going to run well why don't you talk about this dan because this was your baby and i really liked it and I'm, i'm just totally stealing your thunder so well it so ben Chambers, Ben the Bass suggested it actually. Um, but what we want to do is run uh, a monthly um, theme painting competition yep. uh, in the hobby group. And then when we've done that, look at sharing those pictures onto the main Facebook page and probably use that method to judge, you know, a, a winner. Um, and the m- monthly is not, it's, it's just about the mighty accolade really. Uh, and to try and, um, you know, inspire people to put something up and push themselves. And then we're looking at maybe quarterly or, um, twice a year doing something more prize based. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the main thing is to get all these people that are doing awesome hobby stuff in the hobby group to enter a cool competition and then we can put pictures of that on the main page 
and shamelessly try and a draw people into the the hobby group but also give you guys some sort of some accolades for creating some flipping awesome stuff yeah that's the that's the thought um what i'm waiting for at the moment i've asked ben to do some cool little pictures of the peas with paintbrushes me because uh, i oh yeah. okay yeah i'll do that yeah because you you can draw and i cannot draw <laughs> at all um and then i will mull it over scratch my head and in the next episode let you know what the first category is going to be yeah cool that's my plan yeah um that, that's not yeah, to say good. that i think when it comes to prizes it de- it, it will depend on the on on the month because sometimes there will be um sometimes people send us stuff and we can always put that on as a prize but it will depend on month to month like apparently dan's just given yeah. away all my spike magazines so you know oh yeah we can give those away Cheers, well we'll do a blood bowl yeah, one great love it thank thanks we'll do man. blood bowl and should we do a corn one and we can yeah. give away a corn army no okay deadly silence from the other end now <laughs> right so um oh have you gone to sleep Well, as he's um, past unconscious, probably struggling to stay awake um, from the miasma of chaos in his room, um, let's move on to the Middle-earth. It's Middle-earth this week, isn't it? Oh, man. We'll see you in Middle-earth, guys. Hi guys, um, and it's our semi-regular, irregular, every other podcast section on Lord of the Rings, or Middle-Earth Strategy Battle Game. Um, and we have been kind of taken by surprise. I don't know whether they were supposed to be released, or whether they got sneaked and they came out, but we've we've had a whole bunch of releases that we sort of expected to happen, and last time we were talking about we were like, seriously, where are they? Um, we saw them ages ago. We want them, namely the Gondor captains, which are boss. Yeah. And um, but we've also had a bunch of other stuff. So we've got um, oh, I'm trying to find their names. So we've had Gandalf and Pippin, which is really exciting. You know that model um, is incredible. It's so good. Which one, but Gandalf and Pippin? Because you got Gandalf on the horse, right? And then Pippin is done in such a way that you can drop him on in front of Gandalf and use it as Pippin and Gandalf on the horse, or take him off and Gandalf still looks okay just riding around on the horse on his own. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. One of the things um, that keeps getting brought up whenever... I think whenever we post models about Lord of the Rings is is what their faces look like. Um. I have to say that in person, the model faces are phenomenal. Um, I don't think that they do very well being photographed because the models are a lot smaller. Mm. Um, so they get blown up and the contrast from the paint jobs often makes them look a little odd. Um, when they would look really, they do. I've seen them. We've seen them in Warhammer World. They look stunning. 
um, in person. Um, so I think for those people who have concerns, worth waiting and seeing. And I even include Legolas, who I'm not a fan of the Hobbit, Hobbit model. Um, much prefer the ones they did for Lord of the Rings. Uh, but even in person, that face looks like he does in the film which is weirdly older than he did in Lord of the Rings, but we won't even go there because there's no point for him to be in The Hobbit, but they put him in The Hobbit anyway because The Hobbit was a catastrophe as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> and that <laughs> rant is over. Um, but what they have done is a fantastic character series model, which brings me lots of hopeful feelings for the future if they're going to do character series models like that, dude. The duel on Ravenhill, Azog and Thorin. Yeah. The finale fight between the two of them, which was one of the additions to the the Hobbit that I was completely fine with. As you know, for example, the things that they could they put in that worked really well, and things that they didn't. Um, Legolas being one of them. Um, but the duel, that big fight at the end, was fantastic. Um, so, and the, the models that they've done for it, I think, look really, really good. I would particularly like to see that end fight from the first film where Thorin is when they're all rescued by the the eagles. Oh yeah. That's a great bit too. So that's that would be something cool to see. Um but that's a great model, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very good. Very good. And um we've also got Denethor. So Yeah, a new, a new version, version of him. That's the one that came came out of the side. Yeah, didn't that it? came out of nowhere. We were like not even sure it was a new model. Um, and the face on that is really good. Talking about faces. Um, and you've also got, uh, what's his name? Iralas? Yeah. Um, a character who makes a very brief appearance in the film. Which is cool because I could, I love the fact that they're just expanding on these random cameos in the film and turning them into whole characters. Yeah. Which is excellent, really. Yeah, this is very good. Very good. Um, what else came out recently? That So, Theoden was released separately, which is very cool. Um, but also we've had the book. So yeah, we've, the book's we've had the out. armies of um, the Hobbit. So it's the other half. And now between the three of them, now we've got armies of the Lord of the Rings, army of the Hobbit, and the rule book, we have the full set of rules for everything that exists already, mm. which is exciting. Um, so now from this point onwards, it's all going to be new and shiny, which is awesome. Um, we're expecting the first book to be Gondor. Which is, um, yes. Yeah. I think they've said it will be, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, mind you that said that, you know, they, they have said it in a seminar, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, they're not going to pull something out of the bag and well, surprise no, that us all completely. Um, yes, so one of the things I was quite excited to see is um, the White Dwarf is filled with it this month. Yeah. Absolutely rammed full of Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, and we've seen a whole swathe. I could, it'd be worth me listing them if I had the list here, but a whole swathe of re-releases... Um, including the things like that that I was talking about that weren't there, that I was disappointed that weren't there. They almost as if they released them straight afterwards because they'd heard what I'd said, but... I told you. I know, I know, I know. Um, the Citadel Guard for Gondor, all that 
loads of stuff like that is back. Um, and I think Archers for Numenor. I might be wrong about that, but I think so. Need to double check, but that would be wicked if it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very pleased because where you went up to Warhammer World, one of the things that I was really gutted to have not bought when they were out was the two new white council boxes. Um, so the kind of combat version and the standing around looking dramatic yeah. version. Yeah. Um, they're not online anymore, um, but they were at Warhammer World. So I snapped those two up <laughs> just in case, just in case they were like running the last of them through the shelves. Um, because I love them. The, the scene with the white council is one of the best scenes in the whole thing. Um, also, I find one of the saddest because Saruman is great in it. Yeah. And then he turns into such an ass. So it's a bit of a shame, but, but there we go. But yeah, I've, I, li- I liked those models. I'm particularly excited because I've painted Galadriel in her war form before. Um, do you remember they used to have the, like the Galadriel in a war aspect? Yes, yeah. Um, based on when she is in the forest with Frodo and going, you know, a little bit crazy thinking about having the woman. Yeah, yeah. should be a, um, well, there's a, they have a, a war aspect in this. And when I first painted it, did it very much in the colors from, from the first film. So the kind of ethereal blues and greens. That kind of stuff. And um, I might dig her out and photograph her and put her up on Instagram for people to see. Um, but when they redid the box set, they painted her in more earthy tones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm quite, I'm quite excited to get stuck in and do a second version of her in those kind of colours. Yeah. Well, that's good. I find, I find when I approach Lord of the Rings, I don't know about you, but I'm very conservative, much more conservative than I am with... Anything else? What do you mean? Like get As following established colour schemes. schemes and stuff? Yeah. yeah, well, I think that's understandable. I think most people do. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, have you got anything you wanted to chat about with it? Because well, while I just dig out something... That I saw recently as well that I very uh, much liked. I was looking I'm through hoping... to see if I could find... I'm sure there was something else that I'd seen that someone picked up that... Um, I'd not seen before. But I can't find it at the moment. It is amazing, like... It still amazes me now, like the the massive rebirth of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah that's great. It's lovely to see. Lovely to see. See it boosting back up. I've been trying to listen to the Silmarillion, but it's hard. It is Silmarillion is tough. So I'm I'm reluctant to shout these out because I don't I don't remember who did them, but the the Gondor Hill. Soldiers, mountain soldiers, that someone had converted from the oh, Citadel yeah. Guard. Yeah. And I can't find his name it was, but they've done great photographs of them. I'll I'll dig out the name when I in the show notes. But um 
they they're really really good and I, I wanted to mention them because I think they show how you can do something different without fully breaking away from the established colour scheme. So they're very much Gondor. They're very much in Gondor plate um, and the Gondor colours with the cloaks, but they are very unique. They look really good. Yeah. Um, because if the person who's done them, I'm very sorry, I don't know who it is, has, has taken like the hill warriors, the, the guys who protect the, particularly the guys who protect the, um, the beacons and, and turned those into a force. And I think that's, that's a really cool way of approaching Lord of the Rings, taking the small sections of imagery and, and expanding them into a thing. So, uh, painting wise, what are you, are you going to start a Lord of the Rings project? Well, I've still got the orc stuff. Um, I've still got a fair bit to paint for that, which is what I'd like to do. Uh, that's what I will do next. But, excuse me, yawning away um that won't happen for a little bit of time now just while i'm working on other bits and bobs um, but i may flit over there from time to time yeah i might have to go batch paint crazy and get through my pelinal field stuff well yeah you will because you've got flipping loads haven't you <laughs> i'm uh i'm very torn about what army to do next because I really like Gondor and I really like Rohan. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to have to be Rohan. I just love. Well, you Rohan. just bought a load of Rohan. Yeah, and I don't understand why I hadn't done that before because I love them. <laughs> Absolutely love them. Yeah, they are. It's ace. it's one of the few scenes in a film that's guaranteed to make me get all emotional. <laughs> it's the charge of Rohan in the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Mm. And I don't really know why. I just... It's just an amazing moment. Absolutely brilliant. And filmed so well. Well, it really is. Captured. I think because, you know, most of that film leads up to that point, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think the thing I like about it is that up until that point, the good side have very much felt like they're on the back foot mm. all the way through. Gondor's being attacked. Rohan's being attacked. The Fellowship are just running from one ambush to another. Um, it, it feels like everyone is on the back foot. Yeah. Apart from maybe that scene where Gandalf rescues Helm's Deep with the, you know, the first charge of the Rohan where they yeah, come Yeah, when they the, come down the hill. Yeah, it's great. Um, but when they line up and pell in the fields, and there's not like a massive amount of them, there's loads of them, but you know, they're still massively outnumbered. And Theoden looks out across everything and he's basically like, yeah, there's a lot of them, but this is totally the right thing to do. So let's just crack on. <laughs> and then gives that wicked speech. And then they go down that hill, like just like a comet. And I love the bit where the orcs are like, nuts yeah you, you see, see it happen just, don't you yeah and then they hit them and they, they just all start dying i love it absolutely love it and it's for the first time in the film you're like yes the good <laughs> side are really kicking ass now and then it, the momentum starts to build um you can almost feel what it would be like being a man of gondor sat on the battlements of Minas Tirith, watching that and thinking 
we're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think it's a wonderful moment. Wonderful, wonderful moment. I think that that wonderful moment would make a good moment to uh, end and ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Unlike Theoden, who gets squished. <laughs> yeah, unlike Theoden. Um, <coughs> so, as always, thank you very much for joining us, especially if you've got this far. Um, unless, of course, you've just skipped to the end um, to hear the outro, which would be weird, but you might have done it. Um <laughs> As ever, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. So at the Two Peas Podcast, it's right, isn't it, Ben? Yep, and uh, YouTube. I think you can find us by typing in the Two Peas Podcast, but the the handle system, I'm not really got my head around yet. So <laughs> something like that. Good. And um. As always, a huge, huge thank you to our patrons for supporting us. You make this a million times easier. We cannot express how thankful you are, or we are, for um, your support because, it, like I said, it just helps us keep this ticking along, and um, and we're very, very grateful. Awesome. So um, let's have a look at before we finish. Just quickly have a look at the diary. Roughly when we're going to fit one in. Um, so this will. Gracery is on the 11th. Um, two weeks from that point is Christmas, so as much as we love you, probably not, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the week following that is New Year's Day, so. <laughs> so it might be, it might be a month. It might be a month. Dun, dun, what we'll dun. probably do is fit in some hobby vi- videos and maybe mini podcasts like short sections if something comes out that we want to do a, a brief, you know, bit on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, but I, th- I think you're probably going to be looking at, or we're probably going to be looking at the next full episode being something like the first week of January, 9th of January, something like that. Yeah, I think so. So sorry about that. That's largely because of my Nurgle's rot. Um, otherwise we'd have been able to squeeze another one in before Christmas, but alas. T'was not to Blame be. chaos. That's all right. <laughs> cool. Blame chaos for everything. Okay. So, dude, right, guys. nice to speak to you. Guys, thank you very thank much. You. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.